Hi and welcome to the German Fußball Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Fjertov, and as always, joined by Dad, who uh, for the second week running finds himself in a car, and for people not watching this on video, um, he's got some rather nice brown leather seats as a backdrop. Dad, where have you been? Where are you currently? I don't know if you even can answer that. And where are you headed? I have no idea where I am at the moment. Uh, I am in Germany, but on my way to Austria, I got to do the Champions League at night. As we know, it's a very exciting. Well, there are some Germans around me uh, wishing for a miracle if they can turn around against Manchester City. And as you were saying, uh, I have an unbelievable car. I have said all along my career that I, all cars, all football shoes, going to be German. Uh, and as I was picking up my rental car, which I need for these days when I'm traveling Europe in the European week, they, they gave me this big, big BMW. Uh, so I feel I feel good. Uh, I think that uh, we are five members in our family, Marcus, and you know the three others, uh, all women uh, interested in cars. So me and you, not so much. I remember when you played up in Hamilton at the time in Scotland, you have the smallest car I've ever seen Uh a six foot fiver uh, will ever have. Uh, and I remember you told me that the captain, when you were driving into the stadium for training, he just looked at you coming with his car and said, Marcus, you don't give a fuck, do you? And I, I guess that sums up our, uh, our relationship to, to cars. But then again, I like a good car, nice car. So but, but you were more interesting to talk about what you did the last, uh, last day. You were in Swindon. Yeah, well, it's very flattering that you say it's more interesting, but it has a, it has a special connotation. The fact that uh, I get to go back to Swindon, where you had uh, a fantastic time, obviously scoring a lot of goals when they were in the Premier League. But uh, you know, I was born there. Um, we've always had a special relationship to it, and so I was able to uh, to be co-commentary for the third time for Swindon against Bradford. Um, Mark Hughes on the other side for Bradford, and I'll always. Remember you telling me that uh, growing up, you said, I am the second best volley, volley taker, volley kicker in the world. There's only one better than me. And that's Mark Hughes. Um, oh, he was uh, he was unbelievable. <laughs> but I think I'm thinking back at the season we were in the Premier League. Uh, we played 2-2. I scored a goal in that game. Luke Nyholt got the other one for us. I wonder if he did, he scored, or maybe it was for Paul Ince. But uh, Mark Hughes, one of the best strikers around, and now in Bradford trying to get out of that league too, which uh, which is a tough league, like all the other leagues in England, to get, to get out of. So now, now I'm, I'm so pleased that you are doing your, uh, uh, what, what are we going to say, the, your, your learning process, your education in media, as we do try to do, here, uh, so but let's go back to to Germany, and and I guess you want to start on Dortmund, Marcus, won't you? Yeah. Well, I thought you know, looking at this past weekend, and um, I I don't think I'm alone when I say that uh, we were frustrated by the developments of uh, this past weekend because Bayern slipped up, um, not uh, been convincing even when Tuchel took over from Nagelsmann, nor is there perhaps a quick fix. And we can, we've touched upon that in the previous episode about accountability being extended upwards in the Bayern hierarchy. But for Dortmund, Dad, for them to be 2-0 up, and yes, we have Stoderbeck, Sule, 
Emre Chan was filling it as centre-back, but 2-0 up against a 10-man Stuttgart who are fighting for their lives to avoid uh, the relegation. Find themselves 2-0 up. Stuttgart claw back to 2-2. Then Reina gets one in the 93rd minute, and still it's not enough, and Stuttgart get their third and the equaliser. You know, we always say typical Dortmund, right? And um, But it is one of those where when they finally could have drawn even in the table with Bayern, they, they're they able to, to, to slip up to that degree. And it does invite a few questions. And, you know, the character of the team, the captain, the manager. But where do we start in that, in this discussion, this analysis? Well, I think it's a good start with a typical Dortmund tag because that doesn't mean that is a good thing. We can say typical Bayern. Typical Bayern will be when they are struggling like they are now. They go into Mainz on Saturday in the next away game and everybody expects them to slip up even more. They will probably win 4-0. And Thomas Müller will get two goals, one fantastic goal and one in his backhead doing the second. That That is typical Bayern. Typical Dortmund is to slip up. Uh, and the last 10 years, when I think that is a part of it because Bayern Munich have won it the last 10 years. Uh, I remember the, the days when I worked in Germany, when I came in and worked with the top spiel, they won it two in a row with Jürgen Klopp. They had a... He had a great football team. It's a fantastic club, Dortmund, uh, a club that you know, Marcus. My club in, 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 in Germany is, of course, Eintracht Frankfurt, where I played. But I've always been a big fan of Dortmund, too, because a wonderful stadium. That was the first stadium I played when I, when I, when I made my debut in German Bundesliga with Eintracht Frankfurt. I followed them through Champions League. I followed them through uh, Erling Haaland's breakthrough in, in Germany. So I love them. Uh, in many ways. But this thing that they are doing, they're slipping up. It, and, and it's not even breaking news that they are doing that. Remember back with uh, Werder Bremen, they had the same kind of game. Uh, they went to, to Bayern in the top spiel there. They were 4-0 down. And at the end, they were like having a bit make up on the result, getting 4-2 at the end. But it's it's not only it's not only that this mental thing, it's also, also a quality thing, Marcus. Because if you look at the game, I was, I had a, day off uh, had to uh, help your mom cleaning up the house so were you again the two of us we don't want to throw anything away she wants to throw everything away uh, so I was I kind of follow all games like you do on on my phone or my the TV was on and uh, on the live update so I followed of course Germany and I, I, I couldn't believe okay two nil up I was kind of neutral to the game yeah two nil up is Stuttgart well done putting Bayern under pressure. Wow, Hoffenheim equalized against Bayern. It's 1-1. Wow, we can have excitement in the German Bundesliga. And then, out doing Labit stuff outside in the garden, coming back and it's 2-2. And I, I was thinking, really? Are they really? Against the 10 men, Stuttgart, 2-2. Like you saying, fighting. It's a weaker team, although the, their form is quite good, that they are 2-2. And then, 3-2, Reiner came on scored a 3-2. And I was thinking, wow, this is fantastic. Shows some mentality. Shows that Terzic has taken it to another step. They can come back from a, a terrible situation and make a 3-2. And then in the last kick of the game, they're 3-3. Three, three. And if you have a look at the goal markers, yeah. at 3-2, there are four or five players pressurizing a 10-man Stuttgart. And it's one minute to go. 
I mean, I didn't want to say they were stupid, but I heard Terzic in a press conference after the game. He said they were stupid. So then we have we have the mandate to call them stupid. And the way they concede that goal is just like unbelievable. But but before Marcus, we I go on with my rant and my analysis of Dortmund. We should listen to what uh, the Roman Roman Weidenfeller, the the legendary man who was a part of the the winning DNA of Dortmund told me yesterday when we were together on a TV show in Germany. I'm with the Dortmund legend, Roman Weidenfeller. When I started in Germany as a reporter, they were winning the championship for fun. Now they don't want to win the championship. Roman, what's wrong with Dortmund? Yeah, we do a lot of mistakes. So, um, especially in the last weekend, it uh, was... Uh, one of the baddest games in the last months, but just now we have to looking forward and I hope so we made it our job well against Eintracht Frankfurt. Well, talking about Frankfurt, I would love you not to start to win football games, but, but Roman, there is always a discussion with Dortmund when the goings get tough, when they're nearly there, they, they were 3-2 up and then five minutes later, in the 97th minute, they lose the game. Is that a mentality thing or is it lack of quality? I think the guys was a little bit sleeping too early, so <laughs> better they slept uh, five minutes later. But in this moment, they can't sleep, uh, sleep and this is a, a big problem just now in, in Dortmund. It's a very exciting also here in Germany. I mean, they could be on the equal points. Now they are two points behind. But as we are saying, Bayern Munich will play away in Leipzig and they're not in the best form either. Do you still think that Dortmund can win the league? Just now they have the best chance to win the championship, but uh, hopefully we will do it in the next uh, weeks. Roman, I will hope that Dortmund win a lot of games, but not this <laughs> first game against Eintracht Frankfurt. Thank you very much. Of course, we need the points. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was yourself and and Roman Weidenfeller looking looking very fresh. That with the with the makeup from the studio there. <laughs> Keep it on for today. Uh, sitting in a car without makeup. <laughs> yeah, would have been a. Yeah, I think there's a lot to do with context here. If you uh, were exactly. like that in public, but yeah, still says that Dortmund are very much in it. But that I would like to identify a couple uh, roles or different types. So there's talk about Marco Royce's contract now being extended or not, and and murmurs about how this game would would kind of negatively affect that in a way. But I'm wondering whether, is there a certain type, a leader, where Bayern have a Thomas Müller, where Dortmund don't have that? And Marco Reus is a fantastically talented player, but there have been incidents in which his character has been questioned. And then you can also extend it to, you know, Edin Terzic compared to Marco Rosa last season and, and whether they're doing that much better this season. There was a lot of talk going into this season about how he's created this fantastic collective and, you know, he has that Dortmund DNA. But is there a certain type missing? And are we, is Edin Terzic coming away a bit too lightly in terms of how Dortmund have performed overall this season? Because when we had Rafa Honigstein on, he said... It wasn't so much perhaps Dortmund's performance, even though they started the uh, the second half of the season very strongly, but more so Bayern being so poor. Um, how do you see that? Yeah, well, of course, uh, there, there are two ways to to have a look at that. They they took ten points of Bayern, which is a fantastic 
performance coming back in 2023 when they started off the Rückrunde, the, the second part of the season. I think one of the problem is, well, that they're using Marco Reus now is, uh, is, is, is kind of typical because you need something to hang it on. You mm. need, yes, Koulibaly did a terrible mistake on the goal, but then they said, yeah, the pressure of uh, Ross uh, beforehand, but mine, mine, my God. When did Royce be a, a, a intensive pressing player? That was not never his game. So I think it's more a general, Marcus. You have Emre Can, you have um, uh, Mats Hummels, you have uh, Marco Royce, who kind of maybe are not the leaders you kind of need in those kind of situations. You Leaders need to be the best players on the pitch basically, you have to define them. Not always being the best players in terms of being the most spectacular players, but you expect them to not be in a week into the, the team. And it's been a rule the last years that Dortmund, when the goings get tough, there is a lot of the same players going under. That the, the mentality in the team is it's a bit the same. But like I said, I, I would like it also put it on quality because... And then I will put him Edin Terzic because if you see the last minutes, if you get 3-2 in the 93rd minute, you know it's three, four minutes to go, then you have to make sure. What would a Pep Guardiola, I will use Pep Guardiola as an example, what would he do? Would he have celebrated? No. Would he have taken a team meeting more or less uh, on the pitch? Of course he would. He would, would kind of drag the out players. You see that from Pep Guardiola, other th- coaches as well, but I use him because he, he is the extreme other version of, of that kind of leadership. He will take players out and he will say, they have t- 10 men. The only thing they can do now is to let, let they have the chance to put their long ball up and we just have to w- w- win the duels. That's the only thing that they can harm us now. So then you play for three minutes and they're playing out from the back. And there are four Dortmund players running around as headless chicken. And so they can play through these four people to the, the most open space you've ever seen in a Bundesliga. They play the ball and bar ball outright. The cross in, Kulebale. Yes, it's a big mistake by the 19-year-old. That could happen. And then in the 97th, on the last kick of the, of the game, more or less, they equalize. And, and that is... Nothing to do with winning the the title. The, the the good thing about this is that they can win can, can win the title. The, the first game now on Saturday they play, uh, they're playing Eintracht Frankfurt. Of course, I would love them to lose that game, but having see, seen um, uh, Frankfurt lately, they haven't won in seven. They they got a one one against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Muani scoring again. Muani getting hotter and hotter for Bayern Munich that is desperate to get a which is desperate to get a, a striker. So. They they play um, uh, um, Frankfurt and uh, Bayern playing uh, away against Bo Svensson uh, mine. So that could happen. There are six games to go. Uh, Dortmund uh, got a okay middle of the road hard program. Bayern got to go to to Rose in Leipzig. Can you imagine if the the fired manager of Dortmund from last season will make Dortmund champion? So that's the good news. Sebastian Kehl in the German press yesterday went out and said, yes, we can win the, the league. I think that was the way to try to turn this around to an a, a a, a, offensive way of thinking, positive way of thinking. Edin Terzic, for those of you who haven't heard the, the press conference he had after the game, it, it was in German, but still very emotional, uh, said, I'm so sorry, I have to expect more from the players. But... 
ah, there is a niggling, niggling feeling that Edin Terzic is a bit too softish for this team. I'm not saying we should go back to the times of a Felix Magath, my friend Felix Magath. He would have never have done that kind of speak. Maybe that was good when he was saving Hertha Berlin. By the way, Marcus, you saw that Dardai is back as Hertha yeah, Berlin. I wanted to mention that as well. And, I was, uh, and, and surely Magath must have been an option, Dad. But they brought uh, Darmai back, who's... Had is now going on to his third stint for with Hertha Berlin, 256 um, Hertha Berlin appearances led them to mid-table finishes, which uh, by all accounts Hertha Berlin would love to have right now. But yeah, a short little comment on on the Hertha Berlin situation. Yeah, I just wanted to finish uh, Dortmund. So I, I would just finish with Terzic. Uh, will the, the 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 difference between him? And the other coaches, he has still got the full support of Vatske, for Matthias Sammer, Sebastian Kjell, which all three of them have to ask themselves what have they done wrong because this culture is something that has been in Dortmund for the last 10 years and a lot of these uh, people and the players on the pitch haven't been there for, for, for 10 years. So that is Dortmund. Hopefully they will uh, not win on Saturday when they play Eintracht Frankfurt. But for the excitement... For the neutral fans, it's a good, good, good game. Yes, uh, Hertha Berlin is doing the same thing as they did last season. They get a Feuerwehrmann, a fireman that will come in and try to save the season. Dadai has been there for ages. I played against Dadai. He's he's my kind of age. He's got his son there, more or less three, three so many sons of his uh, running around in in there. Uh, but it's going to be tough. They 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 are playing Werder Bremen at home. This is a key game for them, and then they play Bayern away. So they have two easy games now at the beginning. If you ask Hoffenheim, who kind of managed a one-one there. By the way, Hoffenheim as well need to need a mention, Marcus, uh, when our friend. Uh, German, Italian, American, Ma, uh, help me with the name, Mata, Matarazzo. Matarazzo, yes. Yes, uh, uh, started very bad. Yeah, they stayed were. Pos- yeah, stayed positive, but now they got a good run. I think they got five points uh, down now to the relegation battle. But Dade, I read an interview with him today. Uh, we are taping this on a Wednesday. I read this uh, and he said that um, uh, it's all about being realistic. It's all about get the, the boys and all the kind of thing that you need to 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 take out positive. And that's what Matarazzo did at Hoffenheim. Even when they were losing, he said there's something to build on. Uh, they lost in Dortmund, I think 1-0. And he still said, well, there is something you can build on. Never got to panic. And now they got uh, not uh, got a chance. And some rumors in Germany that uh, Hoffenheim is going to be, um, be, be uh, sold which is quite interesting. First of all, it's interesting because a German football group can't be sold, as we know. So I, I don't want to put me into that business because, you know, you've got a 50 plus one rule here. That was a rumor that I've heard. It's always good when I'm in Germany, Marcus, because I speak to so many people, both physically and uh, and I speak to a lot of people to prepare all the shows that I'm part of. So uh, it's, it's a good time. And but unfortunately, a lot of the news that I'm coming is that I don't tell anyone. So uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we have uh, we'll got some see. big announcements perhaps coming out of that, and and we will obviously be the first. Uh, we'll we, uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll find uh, find a way. But yeah. uh, little tease there. Um, I guess um, coming towards the end here, we cannot uh, mention the Bundesliga. We cannot uh, do an, a summary, uh, so to speak, without mentioning Bayern. Um, without going too much into tonight's game in which people might hear tomorrow, 
just to contextualize the situation around Bayer now, um, with obviously Tuchel coming in and replacing Nagelsmann, but then there's been that uh, that team bust up between Leroy Sané and, and Sadio Mane, and Mane got a record fine. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dad. It was three hundred fifty thousand euros fine for the exactly. the bust up. What is it? What is being said? Is it you? You've been in plenty of changing rooms in which uh, I'm sure there were a lot of those confrontations. Is it being drawn? Is it out of proportion, so to speak? Is it something that regularly happens? But just because it's Bayern, how do you see that? Well, battles between players happen, uh, but uh, fortunately enough, and I've seen so many times that people are knocking each other down. Uh, and you could see on Leroy Sané that his lips was very, it was swollen. So this is after the Manchester City game. There were things said on the pitch, uh, and after the game, the battle kind of continued in the dressing room, and Sadio Mané uh, punched Leroy Sané. It is underlined in all the press that it was nothing racial because there was a, a, a rumor, there was some spin that it was racial. I played with um, with Leroy Sané's father, Sami Sané, who played for Vattenscheid. Uh, he was a great striker as well. He went out and said, this is nothing to do with that, just to put that down where it goes. I think there is a many different aspect to this, Mark. Is, is it taken out of proportion? If Sadio Mané was scoring two goals a game, I think that would have Kept, be kept down. He's, he was a record signing for them. He was the guy who was going to replace Robert Lewandowski. He was celebrated as a, a great, great signing. And what I didn't like is that uh, there was some spinning that Sadio Mane was also a problem at Liverpool Football Club. And I, I talked to my friends at Liverpool and they said they've never heard of that. I mean, and I, that was my experience as well. The kindest the kindest player you can interview was always smiling. His background, if you don't know his background, how he became a professional footballer, is fantastic. He's doing a fantastic charity job uh, in, in his home, Senegal. Uh, and so, but there is no, I don't say there's no forgiveness, I'm not saying that, but there's no excuse for knocking down your old teammate. And I think Bayern had to react, as you were saying, 350,000 euro. Uh, apparently, the record. Uh, was 50,000 euro. That was uh, Frank Ribéry who had a go at Arjen Robben uh, after they were fighting on a uh, free kick and then they kept going in the dressing room uh, again. So, Sadio Mane, as, as we are talking, Marcus, uh, we don't know the starting lineup against Manchester City, maybe starting on the bench, but I think that Bayern has been, been, been handling this quite well. Thomas Tuchel has been handling this well. Uh, Sadio Mane, this is out of character from him uh, and we have to forgive each other when we do a mistake. He's been quite uh, apologetic. Uh, is that a, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoke well, He's, I thought he handled himself well in terms of how he, how he dealt with that as well. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely. But then it's all about winning football games. Okay. Bayern can, when people listen to this, uh, Bayern could be out of two of three tournaments. They, they were knocked out by Freiburg in the Cup. They're struggling in the in the uh, in the Bundesliga. They everything can be sold through a miracle t tonight in some hours when they play in Manchester City. As we don't know that, I, I wouldn't say, but um, I think that we will see coming into the new season, Marcus. We'll see a changed Bayern Munich. Uh, we'll see how much changes there will be in, in key positions, but we also will see what kind of players Tuchel got to go in. And I, I will end, Marcus, with saying that. 
they played and we talked about that and i will show uh, i will reference people to the other videos that is in the in, in the portfolio of our, our youtube channel also by the short videos because we're doing uh quite good analysis of of the situation in uh, Bayern there but it's quite interesting they're saying they don't have a striker and people when they play Manchester City they had Haaland they had Alvarez Manchester City and Bayern Munich had none and no they, 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 they haven't even given out the number nine Marcus this is a top club the number nine shirt is not used and what we tend to forget is that Lewandowski was sold it was not that they had to sell him, but they sold him. And Julian Nagelsmann and the rest of them said, we'll make them more flexible. We'll play without the number nine. So we'll see. They, they need to go to a striker, go for a striker. The last rumours, if I, I'll take the hottest property, is that they would love to have Harry Kane, but they have the uh, understanding, which I think is right. Harry Kane preferred to stay on the island, uh, stay, uh, stay in England in the Premier League. Then you have uh, Mwani uh, at Eintracht Frankfurt, seen as a, a guy that loves to score goals, but maybe not the typical Bayern striker because he, he needs a bit space and all that kind of thing. And then you have uh, Rasmus Heulund, who plays for the Dane. He is 20 years of age. He's playing for Atalanta Bergamo. He, he seems like a hell of a player. Uh, and uh, he will probably be on the move. And I will recommend people to YouTube him to find out how good he is. He's a great player, Marcus. Only time will tell. And um, you'd think that Bayern have learned their lesson when they put uh, pretty much all their eggs in one basket with Holland. Uh, last year, as was later revealed, even though they uh, adamantly uh, refused that they were in the race to begin with. So it just goes to show how muddled the transfer politics transfer window is. But that I'll let you continue on your journey from your little pit stop. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we will have a, a Bayern game perhaps to analyze a couple of them. And then uh, we will uh, we will follow the, the title, race, title race closely coming to the end of it. So thanks, Dad. As we are speaking, I just want to say, as we were speaking around me, this is a life that people doesn't don't know. I am a, a German call for Raststätte. This is one of those uh, tank stations that you have all kind of people. And then, then you ma- who which people are on these places in the middle of the day because it's one thirty as we are speaking. Of course, you have the truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Then left for me now is a, a, a mature girl. A woman with a Porsche that is German as well, Porsche 911. And then next to it, just to summarize, is that couple who uh, are on their trip and they've been traveling for a while. So they've been doing stretches now outside the car just to make themselves ready for the next step. Marcus, I will tell you, the time when I go out of the car and doing stretches, don't tell me them that I'm, I'm I'm gone. Please tell me that. I'll be the same to all of you. I'll be the same. <laughs>